Whatever you have to do, find it. Find it and don't let go of it until you resolve it and transmute it and forgive it and forgive yourself for it. I'm Luke Story. For the past 22 years, I've been relentlessly committed to my deepest passion, designing the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of spirituality, health, psychology, and personal development. The Lifestylist Podcast is a show dedicated to sharing my discoveries and the experts behind them with you. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know I've done many episodes on the dangers of blue light and how important it is to avoid blue light in your home. Now, in my discovery of this fact, I've also discovered how difficult it is to find awesome light bulbs to solve this problem. Over the years, I have found some bulbs that have less blue and green light, both of which trash your melatonin and thus your sleep, but it's been difficult to find a bulb with zero blue light that doesn't flicker. Flicker is when a light turns on and off so fast that you can't perceive it with your conscious mind. However, even though you can't see flicker, your brain sees it and it causes a lot of neurological stress. So you definitely want to avoid flicker. There are also some red light bulbs on the market that don't have any blue, but they're powered by Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, which ruins them because it increases the EMF in your environment. So I was ecstatic when I discovered that my friends over at blueblocks.com developed this bulb called the Lumi Sleep Plus. Not only does it have zero blue light, it also has no flicker and very low EMF because it's not Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. It's also non-dimmable as dimming a light will increase the flicker rate and the EMF. So these guys nailed it from all sides. The bulbs also have a very long lifespan. They last 25,000 hours and you can get them with fittings that fit standard USA lights and lamps, which is really cool. So if you're ready to eliminate the blue light in your environment and still be able to see where you're going, I would highly recommend that you check out the Lumi Sleep Plus bulbs. You can find them at blueblocks.com slash lifestylist. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X, blueblocks.com slash lifestylist. And when you get over there and fill up your cart with Lumi bulbs, you can use the code lifestylist at checkout and save 15%. Did you know that there is one phase of sleep that almost everyone fails to get enough of? And this one phase of sleep is responsible for most of your body's daily rejuvenation, repair, controlling hunger and weight loss hormones, boosting energy, and so much more when it comes to living your best life. Now, I am talking, of course, about, drumroll please, deep sleep. If you don't get enough of this sacred deep sleep, you'll probably always struggle with cravings, slow metabolism, premature aging, etc. And why do you think people generally don't get enough of this deep sleep? The big reason is magnesium deficiency because over 80% of the population is deficient in magnesium has to do with the lack of magnesium in our soil and therefore our food, etc. Magnesium is awesome because it increases GABA, which encourages relaxation on a cellular level and it's critical for sleep. Magnesium also plays a key role in regulating your body's stress response system. And folks that don't get enough of this magnesium usually have higher anxiety and stress level, which of course negatively impacts your sleep as well. Now, before you go out and buy some crappy magnesium supplement and waste your money, it's really important to understand that most of them out there are either synthetic or they only have one to two forms of magnesium, when in reality, your body needs all seven forms of this essential sleep mineral. 
That's why I'm stoked always to recommend my friends over at Bioptimizers and their product, Magnesium Breakthrough. If you take magnesium before bed, it helps you relax and wake up refreshed and energized. And I also love that Bioptimizers offers free shipping on select orders. So if you want to check it out, here's what you do. Get over to magbreakthrough.com slash Luke. That's M-A-G-B-R-E-A-K-T-H-R-O-O-G-H, magbreakthrough.com slash Luke. And if you use the code Luke10 over there, you're going to save 10% off. That's magbreakthrough.com slash Luke. And the code is Luke10 to get yourself some super chronic magnesium. Welcome to the show. This is episode 357 featuring Kat Graham, spirituality and finding meaning in celebrity and creativity. This, my friends, is a very special episode co-hosted by my lovely fiance, Allison Charles. And by the way, Allison's got a brand new podcast called Ceremony Circle, to which you can tune in every Friday. It's an incredible show. And I'm sure if you listen to this one, you'll probably enjoy that as well. So Allison and I both jumped on the mics with Kat for an incredibly joyful and inspiring chat about how she is taking her career as a celebrity and becoming a force for good in the world. And in a time of this great upheaval, it's really encouraging to know that some people with a huge fan base like Kat are taking this opportunity to spread awareness about spirituality and personal development. Here's just a taste of the few topics covered in this conversation. How she balances the creativity of acting and singing with the ego side of the entertainment industry, her perspective on doing shadow work and trauma healing, how her meditation practice has improved her life and creativity, infusing authenticity in a Hollywood career, the three paths one can take when outside opinions are shared in the form of online trolling, how to be a phoenix rising through challenges in your life journey. We also talk about Kat's life as an actress and the role playing a witch in The Vampire Diaries protecting and honoring your energy and divine truth. And finally, we unpack a super viral video that Kat produced for Vogue and how her meditation was behind the decision to release such an intimate and vulnerable video about her journey with natural hair. And of course, we're going to be talking about the upcoming Modern Nirvana event in Austin. And for those of you not familiar with today's guest, here's some background for context. Kat Graham is an actress, singer, dancer, and producer across a wide variety of genres in film, television, and music. She starred as Bonnie Bennett, considered to be her breakout role on The Vampire Diaries. Kat's also produced and sold multiple film and television projects and is currently producing The Consciousness Collective, a docu-series and podcast presented with Deepak Chopra, slated for later in 2021. Kat is also a United Nations Goodwill Ambassador for Refugees. In addition to that, I'll be joining Kat Graham and an incredible lineup of wellness expert speakers such as Dave Asprey, Deepak Chopra, and my fiance, Allison Charles, on August 14th in Austin, Texas for the second annual Modern Nirvana Conference, where Allison and I will be delving into the theme of conscious relationships in a talk we're presenting there. And I got to say, we are stoked to connect with this community face-to-face once again after such a long hiatus. If you'd like to join us, you can find tickets and more info at modernnirvana.com slash conference, modernnirvana.com slash conference. And here's some good news for you. Kat and her team are giving away 30 free tickets to Lifestylist Podcast listeners. If you do the following, send an email to modernnirvanaconference at gmail.com and they're going to choose the first 30 people and give you promo codes to get in for free. 
So email modernnirvanaconference at gmail.com. So all you got to do is say, hey, I want a ticket. And if you make it in time, you'll get one. And for those of you that want to just go online and grab a ticket, it's modernnirvana.com slash conference. Okay, we are now poised to take a beautiful journey of a convo with my co-host, Allison, and the lovely Kat Graham. Enjoy the show, and by all means, please share it with a friend. So, Kat, uh, welcome to not only the Lifestylist podcast, but also Ceremony Circle. This is the first time Alice and I have co-hosted a show that will be featured on both our platforms. So it's a, it's a first and we're excited to talk to you. I'm so grateful to talk to you both. You both have been, um, you're really kind of leading such a movement in wellness and uh, it's really inspiring to see two people that have the same ideals, right? To make this world better. And it's, it's really exciting. Couple goals. Ah, wow. We received that because let me tell you, it took us a long time to arrive at any sort of couple goals, anything. It it was a long journey for both of us. So thank you for acknowledging that. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, uh, it is amazing. You know, when you're aligned with someone, as I'm sure you are in your partnership, um, in terms of your values, I think that's such an important anchor to a relationship, right? Where not that you have to agree on everything and you might have nuances in your perspective on the world, but for us, our spiritual life is by far the most important part of our lives. And so having that as, as a grounding thread to keep us kind of in line with, you know, our individual lives and be able to come together, uh, to come together and share that too. Yeah. yeah, that's really the foundation, right? For for me, in terms of like any relationship, if you don't have a spiritual foundation, you don't have a foundation. So, boom, those like, are tweetable. Yeah. All right, I want to start off with you, Kat. As a former uh, refugee of Hollywood and the entertainment industry, I was a fashion stylist for a long time, and uh, and then moved into the health and wellness space. But one of the things that I found challenging living and working in Hollywood was, and I'm sure it's changed a bit now because more people are into spirituality and breath work and yoga and clean living and all of that. But I was at times feeling like I was sort of living a double life because I, you know, was feeding into this Hollywood machine, which has this inherent gift of sharing people's talent with the world, right? So dancing, singing, acting, playing music, all of this stuff that you do. So there's kind of this vanity aspect of Hollywood. Totally. So I'm wondering how you find balance in being so prolific, you know, so many movies, TV shows, tours, albums, all the things you've done. How do you infuse your authenticity and humility in the Hollywood machine? I know it's a huge question to start humble with. as I'm sitting in front of all these pictures of myself. Yes, I'm so humble. You know, it's so funny because balance is such a an interesting concept. I've also been told I'm a bit of an extremist. Um, so I don't even know that an extremist can be balanced. That being said, when we talk about foundation, right, we don't just talk about the foundation with our significant others. It's like a foundation with yourself too. And I do pride myself on being a spiritual person, I know you do have a really solid foundation, uh, 
with God and I make sure that I'm moving in purpose. Like, yes, the fashion is fun and the movies are fun and everything, but it's always to build my platform to help people. That's what it's for. My platform, whether it's my my Instagram or it's my uh, films, everything is to help give a voice to the voices or the characters I play. So I'm always moving in my purpose. If the instrument is my face or the instrument is a character that I'm playing, then so be it. If the instrument is a modern Nirvana conference, so be it. That's, I guess, my balance and the way to kind of not be living a double life because I make sure that everything and every interview that I do and everything that I do always goes back to how do I help the people that actually need it in this moment in time? And how do I help elevate their voices and the people that might be suffering right now or needing answers or needing healing? So I try and do that. I'm not perfect. I'm human. And I I do have an ego. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's a, nobody's perfect, right? But we all strive to kind of make choices that help bring us closer to our purpose, I would say. And it sounds like you have a really good conscious awareness and that's 99% of it. You know, yeah. you're watching, you're you're like, okay, am I starting to slide a little bit more over here? Should I step up my game a little bit on this yeah. side, of, you know, and, and watching yeah. it? And when you said, you know, a second ago about, you know, you're human too. When I was watching some videos yesterday, I, there was one, I just so appreciated your honesty and your vulnerability. And it was when you and Frank and Bryant, the three of you that are the founders of Modern Nirvana, you guys were doing some deep cleansing practices. <laughs> and, you know, one of the cleansing practices for you was clearing some photos that you had of you and your dad. Yeah, yeah. And you were sharing the reasoning behind that. And there was one quote that you said that just stood out to me. And you said that one of the initial sparks that got you into the industry was that you were wanting to be famous in hopes that if the world would love you, that your dad would come around to loving you in the way that you wanted to. And I was like, wow, (laughs) that was a biggie to take in. And so I wondered, you know, at what point then did that start to shift for you? You you might've started from that place And then I'm guessing along the way, you had to have had some pretty big realizations like, okay, now my purpose for being in this industry is changing. So I was curious, when did you start to feel those shifts? And when did you start to map out that like truer fulfillment place from which you're working from? A lot of us uh, aren't necessarily aware of what drives us. So we think it's this one thing. And I really had always said, well, I'm just going to be a famous actress and that's going to be my life. And that's just who I am. And I didn't really ask myself why. And yeah, I had worked my whole life seeking my dad's validation and my mom's on some level too, because she wasn't always and, and still struggles to be present. And then I just, I think throughout like when I was a teenager in my like mid to late teens, I started to meditate heavy. I was reading a lot of Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer and Carolyn Meese and like all of these kind of like heavyweights and and Paramahansa Yogananda. I was getting really, really deep into just studying God and studying these great teachers. And uh, I realized there was something more that I was a part of and that 
I recognized that I was actually never going to get the validation, right? From my dad and my mom. And on some level, even though I do have a lot of Instagram followers, which I'm excited to actually share this video. So I'm so glad we're recording it because I'll share it with them after. I'm not even going to get the validation from the public. Like anyone who's watching this, I love you guys, but I don't need you. And if Everyone loves me great. If everyone hates me, great. It doesn't matter. And I realized that seeking outside validation was a trap and I wasn't going to get caught in it. So I let go of the need of of outside validation and started working towards this purpose to be more in needing the validation of, of myself and of God. Okay, I'm doing the right thing. I have that confirmation energy. I'm moving forward. This is my purpose. I'm moving in that space versus seeking validation from my parents when I'll just never get it from. That makes total sense. And I've just got one little quick thread to tie in with that because, you know, a lot of my audience are fellow healers and um, people here that are really tapped into the spiritual path and committed, you know, to their evolution in that way. And I hear a lot of times from them, there's still that fear. You know, for some, it's that witch wound that a lot of us were like witches and healers in past lives and we were killed and burned. (laughs) Yes, yes. And so you know, that thread gets carried through to this life and you tend to have a lot of trepidation for putting yourself out there and expressing your spiritual truths. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious if based upon what you just shared with us about what keeps you centered, is that also what just keeps you calm when trolls or projected pain body or, or, extreme adoration, whatever it is on both sides of the spectrum, how do you, because I think a lot of these healers will really love your insight into how you stay in your power and in your knowingness when those outside comments um, are made at times? One, we're all human. So that's really important to remember, but we're also all source energy too. And that's also important to remember There's a great wise teacher by the name of RuPaul. And RuPaul once said, what other people think of you is none of your business. And I pretty much, I live by that. It's it's none of my business how you feel about how I approach spirituality or how I approach my career or how I approach my hair or my fashion. What you think of me has got nothing to do with me. That is your problem. You deal with it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a bit sassy and maybe not something that people want to hear. Maybe people want to hear that, you know, maybe try and fit in and maybe you just haven't found the right group. Sometimes it's just going to be you alone and that has to be okay. Sometimes the walk, you don't have a great spouse but maybe you'll find one one day or maybe you won't. But if you are walking in your truth, most of the time you will probably be walking alone unless you have a great, you know, twin flame or, you know, soulmate, whatever it is that will travel with you and meet you somewhere along the lines. But it's, you got to be prepared to go at it alone. And um, if you're too scared, then I can't say that you'll have earned it. Mm. You know, whatever that thing that you believe that you're, capable of reaching. I don't think that if you're not capable, if you if you can't get past the fear of putting yourself out there and saying, this is who I am and this is what I believe in and this is how I can help people and you're holding that, 
then on some level, you're selfish with your talents and you're not sharing them with the world or what you've learned and you're keeping them to yourself. And I, I, you know, then make room, make room for other people who might have less knowledge than you, but are willing to, you know, be ostracized for it. Or, you know, I mean, I've dealt with every single bit of, of, whether it's, you know, how I move spiritually or, you know, I was raised Jewish. So I've dealt with a lot of anti-Semitism. I've dealt with obviously racism. I mean, it's just been nonstop. And I just, you know, you just stop caring. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get the most incredible people in the world get attacked for who they are. So what makes you any different? Like, it's just going to come. You have to know that it's going to come. It doesn't, but it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't, if you are living and moving in your purpose, then what does somebody that doesn't know you or know your purpose, what does it matter? Mm-hmm. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it really doesn't. I think that's a really great perspective. And it reminds me of something I heard recently um, in regard to just putting yourself on a public platform and uh, making yourself vulnerable to critiques, like some of them valid, some of them not. And I forget who said it, but the gist of it was this. It's like, if some random person that's not really making those courageous moves that you're describing in their life, in the world, is making a commentary on my performance or my content, whatever it is that you're presenting to the world, it's like that person who hasn't had the courage to really put themselves out there sort of negates their, I don't want to say their right, but negates any relevance to what they have to say, right? So on that note, say a peer that you really respect or a colleague like Deepak Chopra comes to you and says, hey, Kat, uh, I'm seeing a little shadow piece here that you might not have noticed or anyone that you respect, maybe someone even in you know the field of acting. I mean, do you think it carries more weight when there's someone that says, hey, I want to check you on this, that, that is actually also in the game? Versus just kind of a bystander that's, you know, sort of uncourageously throwing in their two cents. It's so interesting. The most important thing that we got to really remember is that like, it's going to sound really weird. (laughs) We're the same. I'm a part of you and you're a part of me. We are infinitely connected. So this person that might be putting out negativity, it's like standing in the mirror and cussing yourself out. Like, what are you doing? So just on a base level before getting into any of that. Like we are this part of the same consciousness. We are a part of each other. So the reasoning behind, well, you're different than me and I don't like you because you do things differently. That sounds so stupid. So that's the baseline for how I kind of want to approach this conversation. But also there's that quote, those that matter, uh, those that mind don't matter. And those that matter don't mind. I know some of the most incredibly powerful people and they don't care what I do. I could show up in motorcycle leathers and Deepak wouldn't say a thing. He'd be like, oh, that's a cool look. You know what I mean? Like the most successful and powerful, incredible people that I've met you show up how you show up and they're just happy that you're there. There's just this sense of like pure gratitude, non-judgment, just easygoing. I remember when I met Barack Obama on, it was a total accident. I went to my friend's house. He said, hey, we're going to this concert. Meet me at my mom's. And there was Barack Obama sitting at a, at a, a dinner table. And, and he got up and there was only six people in the room. And I remember I 
had like a cast on my hand and I was wearing some like dirty shirt and my hair was in an African head wrap. I didn't bother brushing my hair. And he was just didn't even didn't phase him. Like he's wearing a suit and I just look like some like, you know, grungy kid. And, you know, it's just, I've met some great people. They won't, the only person that I actually listen to is probably Frank Ellaridi. And he will just tell me something to make things better or say, have you tried this? And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, great. But I don't really, we don't make it our job to critique other people because what might work for me might not work for them. And what might work for Loop Story might not work for Frank Ellaridi. So it's like we have to be so specific about understanding and knowing what we do, you know, so that it's our job to know what will work and what won't work. That's not other people's job to, to you know, to shift our awareness necessarily. It's invited if I look for it, but I'm not looking at the... I don't read my comments. I, I try and connect with my audience so that they know that I see them and that I love them. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Don't, I don't... I haven't read any of what people... I don't care. I actually <laughs> genuinely don't care. It's, yeah. No, this is so good. It's such good medicine. So I'm really grateful that you're just being super transparent and just... <laughs> I, I, it sounds crazy, right? That people would be like, what do you mean she doesn't care? She doesn't like care about what people... I really don't care what people... I've had so much... But you get through the, all that bullying, right? And you come out yes. the other side. Yes. You can go one of two ways where you can yes. get totally bullied... And then you can decide to kind of shift your approach and yes. or mute yourself down, right? You have that or give up or just give up or give up like a lot of people do. They go quiet or you can go be, there's no middle, yes. right? You got to go way left and dim yourself and shut the lights completely off and close the door or you have to go even harder. And you have to be the loudest version of yourself and the no fucks given and just go for it, you know? And mm-hmm. I went that way mm-hmm. because that's that's power, you know, that's honesty and that's transparency. And that's, you know, and I don't think that I'm the most Zen person all the time. And I'm not as, you know, I'm not like hippy dippy. And, you know, I have friends that are pretty wild. And one of my favorite friends who's um, incredibly spiritual and amazing, and she's a medium and her name is Alex March and she's covered in tattoos and, and she cusses and she's just like drinks beer and she's just like so dope. And I've always followed spiritual women that have gone through it and to get to the other side. Mm -hmm. I never trust people that haven't really gone through it Mm -hmm. to say, oh, just good vibes only. Like maybe you got to get through the bad vibes to get to the good vibes only. Maybe it's all a part of your being and you just have to embrace it. So it's a journey for sure. I totally agree with you. And the one little nugget that I'll toss in is I've really, for years, ever since coming out as a shaman, you know, it's such a strong word and a strong title to be instructed to use so publicly. And it's definitely brought a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. It's not on a job application, right? Like, yeah. Yes. And yes, a lot of questions, a lot of preconceived notions. And yeah, for many years, I've I've walked through the fires of the bullies of the pain body projection. And I've really recently gotten to that place that you're talking about, of getting to the other side of having gone through the bullying. And I've now really landed in a place of true reverence 
and balance of, I, I started to observe myself. I don't let the, the positive comments go to my head really at all. I'm just like, I'm glad that that resonates with you. And that's where it is. But I'll notice I'll be moved by kindness. And my heart might be really deeply moved by a really heartfelt comment. And I thought, okay, mm -hmm. Allison, if you're allowing your heart to be moved by that kind-hearted comment, no wonder your heart used to be so hurt Mm -hmm. by the negative comment. And so I've really been doing a lot of powerful alchemizing and have landed so much more in my power around everything that you just shared. So I'm glad that you brought your, your really strong perspective into this conversation. And the next thing I'm curious about, you know, the role that you played for so many years that a lot of people know you from is from the mm -hmm. Vampire Diaries. Yeah. And so I'm so intrigued to learn from you. And I think when you played, you were in that show, that was about the time that I quit watching TV. So, perfect. You know, but from what I understand, I feel like your role, wasn't she also, didn't she have some witchy attributes as well? She was, she was a witch. I played a witch. So okay. um, no, we never did any like real spells or anything. It was all kind of Michigas, like made up language and stuff. But um, it was really fun. You know, I met a lot of witches in daily life, you know, that would just be like, I am a witch. I'm like, okay, you know, that's great. <laughs> so it, it was really fun though. I mean, you know, I, I think that um, more than anything, right? Because the witch and power, it, it really, as a young woman, I spent my 20s doing that character. It's all about finding your power. So whether you're Wiccan or you're Christian or you're Jewish or you're Muslim or you haven't found your way to connect with Source yet, it's about finding your power. That's what that character is about. And I think that a lot of women really, especially young girls, and even young girls now are still like, I'm getting DMs all the time saying, I love this show. And you know, I'm like, how old are you? 13. And I'm like, I shot the show like 11 years ago. Like this is, this is, this is wild. It's about finding their power. And I think a lot of us are still finding our voices you know, and it's so much harder as a young woman now to find your voice. Where for me, when I was in my, uh, when I was a teenager, there was no social media. I mean, we had like MySpace, um, but it wasn't, we didn't have like, you know, we weren't on our phones. Like I was excited when I got like a three way pager. You know, I had my mom's phone till I was 14. She took it back. You know, I didn't have that stuff. So it's so much harder for girls to say, okay. I don't need to necessarily wear a, a, a ton of makeup or wear a super skinny tight dress or like have my, you know, butt out or, you know what I mean? Because there, there's a culture that's happening, especially out of LA that's influencing the world that girls feel like they need to be a certain aesthetic. And they're trying desperately to, to find themselves in the midst of, of just noise. So I'm grateful that I didn't have that. But even now, it's more important than ever for young girls to find their power, not just give it away. Mm -hmm. People don't realize that, you know, with Instagram and with um, social media, you're not just posting a picture. You're not just posting a video. You're showing, you're giving an energy. So if the energy is the... The um, Carolyn Meese has a word for it: the saboteur or the mm. the prostitute, the prostitute archetype, where it's like I'm for sale. 
look at me, who wants me, I'm for sale, which is especially difficult for me to see as a woman seeing other women do that because women are goddesses. So it's like, it's not just a picture. What are you saying? What are What energy are you giving? What are you offering? And what are you taking away from yourself? So it's there's a, a deep conversations about it really. But um, I think if people are more conscious of what am I saying with this photo? Am I inviting an energy that I don't actually want? Or is this something I want and why do I want it? Well, this goes back to that piece you were touching on earlier, right? Of that external validation. And I think that's what's so interesting to me about interviewing someone like you who has such a big public profile, right? Right. Uh, when you would think the one thing I care about is that. And <laughs> yeah. it's I care about the least. But it's it's like... And it really runs through the thread of the whole conversation, right? It's like, how how does one not be subject to taking on someone else's perspective of who and what you are, right? So when someone makes a critique that's hurtful or bullying, canceling, all this kind of stuff, it's it really provides you with more information about their level of consciousness than it does right. about you, right? But still within that, in order to weather the storm in addition to that intentionality that you spoke of. So yeah, I can go, you know, look cute in a music video and dance around and do my thing. But the intention of that is a deeper purpose than just pure entertainment or uh, feeding one's own ego and sense of self-importance. So underneath that though, you know, there have to have been, I'm assuming some tools that you've used or continue to use to really embody that self-worth where you're free to express yourself and share your God-given gifts with people, but it's it's not coming from the motivation of, I need that external validation, right? So what are some things that you've done to really go inward? And this might speak to meditation and things like that, you know, to go inward and really identify, okay, this is who and what I am and to build value and self-worth and self-love into that to become less susceptible to, as Allison said, either either the critic or the person boosting you, right? It's like to, to maintain that sense of inner balance and, and be able to create and do your art and express yourself without right. uh, falling victim to that and kind of losing sight of, of the true healthy motive. Yeah. it's um, Meditation is really important. It's pretty much like the cornerstone of of my foundation. And if I don't meditate, I start to feel, uh, I start forgetting not just who I am, but what I am. It's also like the reason that I I feel like I have a, a big audience is not because I care about growing them so much, but it's that I constantly remind them, especially we do these, I do these weekly chats with my fans about, I pick eight people, um, with my, um, well, my captain picks them and we, sit for like an hour, sometimes two hours, and we just talk. And I'm constantly reminding them that we're the same. Like, don't think that because I'm a celebrity or whatever they think I am, that I'm different than you. We're equal. And you're just as powerful as me, if not more powerful, with more tools than I have when I was your age. And, you know, it's about reminding people that we're the same. And I think that's why my audience is growing so much as they feel that they're actually a part of my journey and um, a part of that. And another tool, and this is probably not going to be the most positive thing that people expect or necessarily want to hear. You're never going to get 
the kind of validation that you seek. It doesn't matter if it's an award that you're going after or a Pulit- the Pulitzer Prize or the cover of a magazine or you know the number one best-selling book. There is nothing in this world that can actually validate you. You think it will, and then you're on to the next thing, and then you're on to the next thing. And it's just, you, you, you'll be searching for your entire life for validation. No spouse is going to give it to you, no amount of money, no not kind of no ridiculous car that you drive, or you know the amount of possessions you have. There will not be one thing in this world that will deeply validate you other than you. And um, I think if we can understand that not only will nothing externally or should nothing externally validate you, but that you are the critic, you are the praise, you are the thing that is against you and for you. It's all you reflecting itself back. It's we are the universe having a conversation mm-hmm. with itself. And the more we understand that or read this book called um, Vasistas Yoga, it's 700 pages, but keep it close to you or travel with it. And it's a constant reminder that we're in a waking dream. And the less seriously you take the praise or the aggression or the you're a fraud, it's it's so ridiculous Mm -hmm. because we're so connected. You're all of that. So you can't get mad at yourself, you know, and oftentimes people can only behave based on their level of awareness. So it's really not anyone's fault for getting angry or happy. They are making their decisions based on the experiences they've had up to that exact moment. So you can't judge somebody for loving you or hating you because that's all that they know until they you know, kind of break the matrix and say, oh, I don't even need to have an opinion about this at all. I'm just going to observe it, right? I'm going to, okay, this is what's happening. Got it. I don't need an opinion, whether it's good or bad. In fact, I don't even know that there is a good or bad anymore. And you get to this kind of state where it's not that you have to just say, you know, oh, I can't look at it and, and, or, oh, it's good. Okay. Oh, I'm going to keep reading. You don't want to get to that place. You just have to understand that the value of it is not what you necessarily think it is. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There's such a beautiful nugget in there. And, and this principle has absolutely transformed my life when it comes to judging other people, right. And condemning other people. Again, going back to that unity consciousness that you spoke about before. When when we slip out of that, right, and we forget, and we all forget. Every, every day. day. Many, every many, day. We're going to forget. Many, many times. There's an <laughs> us and there's a them. It's just, it's how, you know, it's how creation designed us, right, to survive. And when we get caught in that, it's such a crucial, uh, fundamental principle to understand that anyone who we deem to be behaving poorly as you so indicated, is doing exactly what we would do if mm-hmm. we were them. Mm-hmm. And this is a real stretch mentally, right? So, yeah. I mean, I don't want to name names because it'll be too triggering, but just think of the most abhorrent people in history, right? And like, God, how could they have ever done what they did to people that have persecuted and harmed mm-hmm. other people in mass, right? And it's like, well, 
if you had been born that person and had every right. experience that they had in their life and right. the karma that they inherited when they were born, you would have done the exact same thing. Right. And that we doesn't, you know, that. of course it doesn't speak to, to, you know, condone bad behavior. Right. But it, it's just part of that compassion piece that I think is so important. So you can have an understanding that putting yourself in anyone's shoes, there's kind of an instant empathy and understanding yeah. of maybe why they do what they do. Yeah. Foundation, you know, having a spiritual foundation, which is why, you know, what you both are doing is so important, can make... Um, so say there are two people, right? I'll use me and maybe someone else who who had an, like somewhat of an abusive childhood, right? So one person decides to meditate and say, I, there's got to be some other uh, way for me to get the love that I'm searching for. You know, and then there's the other person who's also a victim of abuse, but goes left and decides to abuse other people because they want, they're on a replay, they're on a repeat, right? So it's like, if you don't have a foundation though, right, then you run the risk of maybe doing what the pattern behavior would be, but you can break the pattern once you hook into the foundation, you know, of consciousness, then you can say, okay, I can take this and I can actually talk about it and not be emotionally triggered by it. And I can help people. And you know what, maybe I'll even put it into some characters that I do and really inspire people, or I can end up doing drugs or getting into abusive relationships or hurting people because I don't know how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think that, um, I think that that's a really important moment when people are like, God, how do I break this pattern? Like, I can't break this pattern and I'm constantly on a repeat in my mind. I'm seeing the same thing over and over and over again. It's, you know, you never not see the, your history, right? Mm -hmm. You'll never not remember how you might've gotten treated in a relationship or anything that your parents might've done to you or, or incidents that happened in your life. They'll never go away. But if you, back to that bravery, if you're brave enough to take ownership of who you are and mix that in with who you understand your truth, right? As a spiritual person, then you can transmute the energy. Yes. Yes. I do know what you're saying. (laughs) Good. I was doing some hardcore alchemizing and transmuting over the last few days. And like, it's exactly what you're just saying. And I just want to piggyback by, you know, for those listening, it oftentimes takes years of practice, years of being aware of that one nodule, that one pattern that you're just, I was literally saying this to him on a walk yesterday. I've been so aware of this one portal, this one little notch inside of me where when that notch is touched, the orb that opens up inside of me is infinite and it's filled with rage. And I have only learned in the last three days how to work with that orb. And I have been working the alchemy (laughs) for years. Yes, it's it's def- it's exactly how you're verbalizing it. It's this Oh, it's very you know exactly what it is and it's that one thing that if somebody says that one thing or somebody does that one thing and then it creates that 
whether it's rage and the rage is from the rejection or the abandonment or whatever it is, it's just a trigger. Yes. And you'll, you'll never feel like you have, you know, self-control as long as that orb is moving. So yes, you don't run away from it. You don't hide from it. You don't drink it away. Cause guess what? You're going to sober up and it's going to be right back there. You deal with it. So that's why I think modern Nirvana has been so helpful because one thing that I wish I had been taught when I was searching as a teenager and in, even in my 20s was somebody to say, find the orb. Mm. Find the thing. I had I had my coach, really, Ivana Chubbuck, my acting coach, who was the one that taught me to transmute all the difficult unresolved things and put them into this character that I think people have just completely embraced. She taught me how to shift it. But, you know, I wish that people didn't run from that. I wish that that was something that was discussed more in spirituality because sometimes you can't just sage it away. You have to really get in there and deal with it. And I don't care if it's like past life regression. I don't care if it's hypnosis. Whatever you have to do, find it. Mm-hmm. Find it and don't let go of it until you resolve it and transmute it and forgive it and forgive yourself for it. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. Listeners of this show want to take charge of their health and wellness. They're people who are seeking and striving to do all the right things for their body to give them more energy, better sleep, a healthy immune system, and to improve their personal performance and gain the vitality needed to live longer, better, healthier lives. I don't know about you, but that fits me 100%. Here's the thing, though. It gets confusing out there, right? There's a barrage of bias, misleading, impersonal information that creates a lot of doubt and confusion, which obscures your way forward. There are just so many experts out there, including the ones on this show that are making universal recommendations without you really knowing what your body needs specifically based on thorough biomarker testing. So as a result, people often lack three important things to help them get a clear picture of what their body looks like on the inside, a clear measure of whether their diet and exercise choices are helping or hurting, and a clear idea of who or what to trust when it comes to health, wellness, and performance guidance. This, my friends, is exactly what Inside Tracker has been designed to solve. They're illuminating your path forward for your personal best. They offer folks like us a clearer picture than we've ever had before of what's going on inside your body. These guys provide an ultra-personalized performance system that analyzes data from your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness tracker to help you optimize your body and reach your health and wellness goals. I just did the testing and uh, it illuminated quite a few surprising facts about what's going on inside this body. It's pretty incredible when you really see in front of you in a concrete way what your body needs. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, they analyze your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on and to offer you science-backed recommendations that are ultra-effective for your diet and lifestyle. So once you've done your testing, Inside Tracker tracks your progress and makes recommendations based on what they find. So if you're ready to stop guessing about your micronutrient, mineral, hormone, and DNA status, Inside Tracker has the solution. And for a limited time, you can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash Luke and start your journey into quantifying your body's performance. Again, that's insidetracker.com slash Luke for 25% off. And now back to the interview.
I think this is the the value in really celebrating shadow work, right? And and some of us do it more publicly than others. Some of it is just an internal journey, but that's where the real gold is. It's it's the darkest places of your past. It's it's those deep hurts and wounds that, like you said, they just can't be evaded forever. Eventually they're going to come out in a self-destructive behavior pattern, or they're going to come out as what we were talking about earlier in a projection onto other people, right? I mean, you can see this in social media culture and all the things we've been talking about with the bullying and canceling and abuse and all this stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just a hurt person hurting, right? Well, and they're, they're struggling because that orb can be so all consuming and it's so ungodly uncomfortable to sit in what that orb is producing. The, the quickest way then is to just project and spew it out onto another so that you're not holding it anymore. So sorry yeah. to cut you off, but it's just that's the important yeah. key and the awareness to remember when you are feeling that that all-consuming feeling. Yes, it's so uncomfortable, but learn, trust yourself, learn how to trust yourself to sit in that discomfort and to talk to it and to understand it more. And that thread by thread, layer by layer produces that transmutation and alchemy that we've been talking about. Absolutely. Also like who you're around, the environment that you live in, if you're living at home with, with people that are not helping you heal that orb. If you're in a relationship that is constantly creating, making that orb even bigger, you know, that is also like you can take responsibility about for yourself, right? But you also have to take responsibility of the environment that you're putting yourself in, the relationships that you're putting yourself in. You have to give yourself a fighting chance to heal. Mm -hmm. And a lot of us sometimes don't look at is my job preventing me from healing from this thing? Am I contributing to my own imprisonment, right? With this one thing. And we all know anyone listening, what that one thing is, because we've all had that one thing, right? So you have to really also hold yourself accountable for where you're actually putting yourself, because you might not be putting yourself in a situation that inspires and promotes healing, you know, you can read all the books in the world and meditate all the live long day. But if, you know, you step in a, in a house that's on fire, you're going to get burned. So just, you know, keep it all the way real with yourself also and say, mm-hmm. am I doing the best I could be doing for myself or do I need a change, right? There's a great analogy uh, about crabs in a bucket, right? You put mm-hmm. a bunch of crabs in a bucket and one brave crab starts to reach up his claw to get over the edge and get out of the bucket and inevitably the other crabs will drag them back down. And I, I love that analogy because it, it represents kind of different levels of consciousness and awareness, right? And as one starts to emerge out of those lower realms of emotion and, and just a state of being, to your point, if that environment around you is still at a lower oscillation, there's right. going to be resistance and crabs are going to try to keep you where you are because misery loves company, right? So my yeah. question for you is, in your career or personal life, have there been uh, roles, jobs, friendships, relationships that you identified as not supporting your evolution and your ability to reach out over that bucket that you've had to you know, painfully surrender or move out of? 
Um, hmm, that's a great question. It's only it's really difficult for me because anytime I I uh anytime that something negative would happen, it made me either like a better artist or a stronger person. So and I've always been a loner, so I didn't necessarily have a ton of crabs around me to begin with. I was like, I homeschooled for high school. Um, it was just like really me and my mom. She was gone most of the day. I was like at home doing homeschooling. Like I was just always by my, even when I was on Vampire Diaries, it was like total loner. You know, I had friendships, but I loved kind of just working on my music or writing my little scripts. And so I've been fortunate that I, that's a personality trait, but you know that's not necessarily a common thing. And any time that I felt that I was getting pulled down, like you know, even in moments when I was like doing like Lizzie McGuire or like Hannah Montana, and my teachers would be like, "I'm not sending you your homework," you know, you're if you're not in class, you're just gonna miss it. I'm like, all right, so I'll miss it. Like I was one of those kids, so I didn't necessarily feel that. But crabs in a bucket is a very brilliant analogy and a lot of people are feeling like that or they're at a job where that is keeping them down. Mm-hmm. The time that I actually did feel that, okay, I'm actually being intentionally kept from a higher purpose, I walked away from that job. So it happened very quickly. And it's always surprising because sometimes you don't realize because you, I'm a very trusting person. I'm a very open person. But we forget that sometimes people have their own things that they are projecting onto you. And that could even, you know, manifest as jealousy or being threatened by you or things like that. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm I'm still I'm still a black woman and I'm pretty young. And, you know, a lot of people in Hollywood had been very threatened by you know, my popularity or what was happening. And I don't come from famous parents. I'm not like a six foot tall model. You know what I mean? I have, I'm a scrappy kid from Hollywood. So there were kind of these moments where people would get really surprised by my success and that would um, affect them negatively, unfortunately. And I had to kind of cut those people out, not, not out of anger, just out of, you know, I, I just have to protect my energy field. I mean, you know, out of, as a shaman, right. That it's just like a lot of what you do is to protect people from unfortunate low vibrational energies. And there's something very much to that. You have to protect a lot of people need a lot of protection and they don't realize how open that they've left themselves Mm -hmm. because a lot of people are trusting, you know? Yeah. Well, thank you for being um, a representative because as you were sharing what you were just sharing, I just kept hearing the phrase Phoenix rising, Mm -hmm. Phoenix rising. And I think that you are truly a really strong embodiment of that, of it's exactly what you were sharing. If anything negative or lower realm was entering into your experience, you somehow innately knew how to do that alchemizing and let it rise you, let it lift you, let it take you. Yeah. And there's a lot of, you know, exercises. I don't know if you, anyone knows if you guys are going to be at the conference, which is really fun. We can maybe do something with everyone where we teach them how to cut energetic ties. That was something that I've had to do. And you go through each of your, you know, chakra points and you cut. And, you know, I think that 
the physicality is just as important as the spiritual. Sometimes you actually have to go through the motions, whether it's through like I've done a lot of kundalini breath work and I've done a lot of karmic cleansing to get to a place where I can feel like, okay, like whatever I get is meant for me. Whatever I don't get is clearly not meant for me because I know that I am in harmony with the universe. I know I am. So, you know, that's really important. Yeah, I'm down for doing that. We, you know, as you know, Luke and I will be sharing about conscious relationships, but I'm down for some good cord cutting action along the way. So. Don't cut him. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I did want to make a little a bit of a segue because I also keep hearing in my mind this thing that I want to bring up with you and to not let it go before we uh, get to the end of our time here. And I really loved, I think it was a Vogue video where you just let your natural hair out. Yeah. Uh, I love that. That was really fun. That was really fun. And it went viral. And that was actually from a meditation. I had been in heavy meditation because it was quarantine. And um I had time to really, I mean, I don't love just meditating for 15 minutes. Like if I meditate, I can be in there for hours. Like I just love it. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh. Like 5 a.m. to like, I would go till 9 or 10 a.m. I mean, I have a pretty full house with animals and there's just a lot of people in and out and it's a property. Like, you know, you guys said that you live like in farm country. So do I. And it's just like people coming on the property. It's just big. So I can do that for a long time. But um, yeah, I uh, I was meditating because I got asked if Vogue wants to do a video with you. And I was like reading a lot of Asistus Yoga and having this like nothing really means anything. And all of this is pointless unless you can help humanity. And I was just like, Vogue, like... <sighs> I'm doing that. I'm like, well, let me meditate. Let me meditate on it. And I sat in meditation for, I gave, I, I actually normally, I turn off my phone on Sundays um, unless I, you know, I'll, st- I'll jump on for like an, uh, sometimes like an hour or whatever, if I have like a, a interaction or something I have to do and then my phone's pretty much off all day. And that was it. And I said, I said to my publicist, I said, well, this is what came to me in a meditation. So if I'm not doing this or they want to do something else, it's a pass. I'm not interested. And um, he said, yeah, they want to do it. And then, you know, they did it. And I don't have any, you know, I, I think that I'm getting closer and closer to all of it. Like mm-hmm. like my entire, like full identity always, you know? And I think that that was a really fun video for me to kind of explore that. And I think it helped a lot of people. Although I don't know, I'm assuming it did because it went viral and I've heard a lot of great reactions. Uh, But at one point I remember somebody saying, oh, you should see all the comments. I said, I don't, I don't give a fuck about the comments. (laughs) I will pass. My friends are like, you should see this. And they're like screenshotting the comments. And I'm like, please don't send me comments. I'm not interested in how people felt about it or if they felt strongly or didn't. I don't care. I just hope and I have faith in some way because of prayer and meditation that it helped. My goal was to help. So opinions aren't necessary as long as it helps. And it might've helped one person feel comfortable wearing their hair out or being themselves or embracing their curves or their freckles or their eyes or whatever it is. And that's enough for me. And that person might have not left a comment. They might have just changed the way they lived. 
And that's enough for me. I don't need millions of people to view it. I don't need millions of people to comment on it. I need to know that the person that was meant to see that, to have a shift in their awareness, saw it. And that was my job for that video. Absolutely. And that's living by the calls and living by the divine instructions. You know, you were in meditation, you got that download, you were clear in the intention then, you know, if they're game for this, then this is what I feel called to do. And from that that point, yes, exactly. You cannot hold on to the outcome. And that is so hard as an actress, let me tell you, because I had an audition yesterday and I've been obsessing. I did, I get it. Like, God, I've got to take my own advice. You have to let it go and like live in a divine space of, I'm clearly, you know what I'm doing. Like, I'm pretty like honest about what I'm doing. So uh, you have to trust and you have to do your job, whatever that is on this earth and your true purpose, which is always supposed to be more than just who you are, right? To help humanity or whatever your awareness is being called to, right? Is your purpose. And then you got to let it go Mm -hmm. and do your job and say, I did my job. Well, I don't know how many other 50-year-old dudes uh, watched that video, but I watched the video too, actually. I don't know (laughs) if you knew that. So whenever I'm going to interview someone, I just feel into who they are and I find every kind of obscure thing they've done, uh, hopefully, and just kind of tap in. But I was... I mean, I'm pretty forthright in my podcast. I mean, I cry all the time on my podcast. Like I've learned to become very publicly vulnerable and it's been a great actual tool for growth for me. But I was watching that like, damn, man, she has no makeup on, you know, like... She's doing the whole thing. It was just like, it was like a video you would have sent to your girlfriend or it's like you were like FaceTiming with your girlfriend. I'm like, dude, this is on Vogue.com. Like that was kind of a- They needed it. Yeah, it was cool. It It was cool. Since then, you know, or since, you know, I think throughout, I mean, there was, that was a time where with everything, and this is still obviously a serious issue, but with Black Lives Matter and, you know, everyone feeling like they just wanted to find their truth more and realizing how precious life is. And it just felt like the right thing that we needed to do at the right time. And since then, I found, you know, moments where I just, I do want to just be an, like a real person. You know, I want to be somebody that I do want to have my moments and have my looks and have my vibes and stuff like that. But I do want to be somebody who people feel they have an accessibility to. I think you are less likely to leave a comment for somebody that you feel is an extension of you in some weird way or mm-hmm. is, is a part of you. You're more interested to say, Like I I get, I learned so much from my audience. We're actually becoming more and more like each other every day. And I learned so much from them. And I take them with me in everything that I do and their perspectives and their gratitude over the littlest things. Yeah, I mean, you want to be somebody who... um, That's the hard part about social media is you want to show the best versions of yourself. But sometimes it's actually the most raw unfiltered parts of you that will be the thing that awakens people. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, damn straight. Well, you did a good job of it with that one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and on that note, it also, what I've found as I've become more sort of open on a much smaller public platform uh, is that it also gives people permission. You know, it's like you do that, right? And then maybe another celebrity or just 
a regular person realizes that we're all human, right? And is able to embrace that vulnerability and that self-acceptance rather than, oh, so I see this person on the cover of magazines and movies all the time, like you were talking about earlier, that they are the same as me. Like there's girls watching that video going, oh my God, I've always struggled with my hair. My mom didn't teach me how to do my hair either. And it was always a hot mess and it always bugged me, you know, whatever... Their story happens permission. to be. We got to start giving ourselves more permission to be in our truth. It's scary. It is so scary. But you have to. Uh, we're, if God wanted us to all be the same, he would have made us all the same. There is something really profound in the fact that we all look completely different and we all sound completely different. We all have every part of us is different. How wild is that? And that is not by coinkiting. That is to show us that if we can live with ourselves and really embrace ourselves and we can accept each other, even though we're all completely different, then maybe the universe can fully love and accept itself. It could be, you know, that deep. Um, beautiful. Yeah, that was beautiful. I feel like those are a lot of the vibes that you guys are bringing in with the Modern Nirvana conference and all the projects that you guys do together, right? I mean, it seems that's one of the threads of the intention is just to open up that level of infinite expansion into the truth of oneness and all that is. And so I'm really excited for the conference. Yeah, so excited. We're coming to Austin. Yeah, Yeah. I'm excited you guys are coming too. So for those listening, uh, our individual podcast will come out on different dates, but August 14th in Austin is the Modern Nirvana Conference. And we're super excited to participate and get to meet you in person. But um, perhaps for those listening, give a little overview of how that conference came to be and... Total accident. What they can expect. It's a total accident. Um. (laughs) So Deepak Chopra and I um, did a podcast. It hasn't been released yet. It's called The Consciousness Collective because I've been um, obsessed with how different people view consciousness, whether you're a scientist or you're a guru. And uh, Frankie, who to me, is not just my best friend, but he's somebody who has always represented being a leader for the new generation of, of uh, spiritual seekers. And he, he and Deepak did an episode of Consciousness Collective together. And I was like, oh, I need some B-roll. Like I need some like, meditating. Just get like six homies and just like meditate on a beach somewhere. Like, I don't care. Just get me the tape. And he was like, okay. Uh, and then cut to the Modern Nirvana Conference. And I said, a few friends, you know, it was one of those um, total accidents. It was just for B-roll. And we realized when 500 people showed up and, you know, Frankie, you know, connecting with Bryant over this, okay, there's something here. And then in a meditation last year, probably around the same time that I was (laughs) meditating about Vogue, I was like, oh, oh, it's a company. Got it. Um, and then it's just kind of evolved since then. This conference is really exciting. We have a bunch of vendors that we're really excited about. It's sponsored by Heartwater, which is um, a really great water company where 23% of the proceeds actually go back to the communities that don't have access to clean water and they use a filtration system 
that uses rainwater and makes it drinkable. It's such an amazing company. Anyways, um, so we're really excited. We have you guys there and we're honoring Deepak Chopra and um, Dave Asprey is the keynote speaker. So I'm so excited because I'm not, I'm like the least biohacky of the group. I'm like, I have crystals and I have some sage and some tourmaline should do it. You know, like I'm that person. Like I don't understand half of it. Um, I just got into red light therapy, uh, which has been great. But that's, it's such a great way to bridge science with spirituality and wellness and and how to take care of your body with okay and here are the tools that you can take home with you to help you you know with relaxation or energy or you know and great people like like you both are going to be speaking to help educate people on what they can do to be their best selves i mean that's what we want we want you to be your best self and what does that look like and and it can look different than what you might have thought it would be. So it's a super fun group. I mean, we're, we're totally um, explorers of wellness and giving you the tools that you, that we all need, right. To, to get there. Yeah. I'm stoked, especially after uh, going to the last modern Nirvana in LA down by, yeah. I think it was down by USC, like a uh, downtown LA. Super fun, really cool yeah. event space. And I was like, Oh, this, these guys are doing something cool. Cause as you said, it, there was a lot of spirituality, guided meditations, journeys, and this kind of stuff. But then out in the tech yeah, hall, were just all sorts of rad things to geek out on, which I love brain tap and all these kind of things. So yeah, I was like, brain tap will be there. Super yeah, like, fun. These guys it's are onto, onto something cool because that's my message too, is merging those two worlds. So I'm I'm yeah. stoked. And and we're just I'm, also yeah. we're also starved for human connection. Like I miss the events. I miss connecting with people. So it's yeah. kind of yeah. And what's really great is um, we have wellness for humanity there. I mean, we're going to have people show up with a negative COVID test, but in case you haven't been able to get one, we have on-site testing, which is going to be really great. You can wear a mask. Um, it's not mandated, but you know we're all going to be doing our best to keep it safe. You know, Tickets are limited, right? So we don't want to have a, a crowd of people. We are keeping it very controlled and you, know, and you couldn't be in a safer place, right? With with these experts of wellness and giving your body everything that it needs to be at its highest capacity. I mean, for me, the first event that I would want to go to post-COVID would be a wellness event um, personally. So that's for me, my spiel, but um, it's going to be so great to have you both there and, um, you know, yummy food. Thank you so much for having us. We're really looking forward to it. And I think you guys really picked the right city. I mean, I'm sure as you know, Austin, <laughs> yeah, we're here. And so it makes it a very easy commute for us. But, you know, the consciousness community here is just astoundingly powerful. I'm so excited, I'm so excited to meet everyone there. Yeah, it's going to be incredible. So in closing, Allison, do you want to uh, invite Kat in to guide us through a little... Yes, and thank you. I know. I figured you might have forgotten. Or... I'm sure I did. But, but that's great. Um... Yeah. So yes, for the closing of every Ceremony Circle podcast episode, the guest guides listeners in whatever mini practice, ritual, sacred song, anything, poem, whatever they feel called, it would just be lovely medicine for the listeners. So I heard you were open to doing a brief guided meditation. Yes, I also, okay. 
And so whatever you're comfortable with, and if you need a moment to just kind of center and tap in whatever you need. Um, okay. Anyone who's listening um, or watching, close your eyes and bring your awareness to your breath. Breathe in love. Breathe out gratitude. Now, as you breathe in, bring your arms above your head and bring them down in prayer position over your heart. Now put your hands on your heart. And feel presence in this moment. This moment could be any moment. You are here now. Feel gratitude for the beating of your heart. Feel gratitude for your sight that you can hear, that you can breathe, that you can speak. Now send gratitude out to your loved ones, your family, your friends, anyone that you've encountered in the past 24 hours. Now think of a moment, any moment that you can truly be grateful for. Could be in the past, in the present. Call that moment into your being. and feel immense gratitude, call it irrational gratitude. Let it bring a smile to your face. Breathe it in and breathe it out. Was that a coincidence or were you guided in that moment? Remember to walk with this gratitude. Gratitude for the trees, for the wind, for the sun, for your safety, for your health, for your mind, for your soul, for God. Take three deep breaths and when you're ready, open your eyes. All right, I'm going to talk to the guys and tell them you got to start leading some meditations. I knew uh, that because no one ever asks me. I was, first of all, I could tell he was crying, number one. And he was <laughs> so powerful energy. And number two, I just, yes, I, I really, I didn't want you to feel pressured or anything, but I was just hopeful that we could experience you in this way. So I just want to thank you for being willing and open, especially when you kind of, you know, you're like, oh, right, I'm guiding a meditation today. 
great. It's great. And you know what? The default is always gratitude. Whenever you're struggling, whenever you're confused or you're worried about an outcome or you don't know what's happening and feel lost, like just gratitude. It's a just a straight connection to source. It's the, the best prayer. So um, yeah. always, always fall into gratitude. Yeah, that was incredibly powerful. It brought to me a very specific thing. And I'm guessing it did for you as well when she said to think of a moment you're grat- grateful for, what what revealed or what moved you? You know, it's funny. I was actually just reflecting on the gratitude of just sharing this interview with you as a very recent moment, <laughs> kind of a present moment, you know, yeah. just loving, loving life, man, and, and having someone amazing to share it with. Yeah, the takeaway there for me is... What did you say? Like irrational gratitude? I call it irrational gratitude. In part of my meditations, I do this thing. And when I'm sitting, I practice, I call it irrational gratitude. I just, I'm just grateful. And I just feel my, I fill my entire being up with gratitude to the point where I usually just start bawling, crying. And yes, I think of specific things. I think of all the people that I'm helping, or I think of the things that I have, but most of it is gratitude for things that might not even be in existence, things that I'm just so grateful that I, that I have. Um, I just, I just call it irrational because it's just, it's, it's more gratitude than I can, than I have normally expressed um, things that in our human mind, we don't necessarily think of. I just drop to my knees and I just have just pure gratitude. And then I find like every little thing and I have a, I have a, a roof over my head or clothes on my back, clean water. And, you know, I just, it's just, I just fill and I just tighten my whole body up and I'm just so grateful and so happy and, 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 and just so grateful to God. And, um, and it, yeah, it helps. It works. And I feel so much more connected um, to God. And I do it with nature too. I feel so grateful for nature, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Thanks for coming on today. And uh, I look forward to Great. seeing you August 14th here in Austin, yes. Texas. Yeah. yeah. Yes. I'm yeah. super excited. And um, I hope that uh, anyone listening or, or watching um, felt the love that we have for you guys and uh, excited to see you all in person and um and yeah thank you guys on your podcast yeah and we'll be sure to of course have the link um for people to join us at the conference and our show notes and post it everywhere so we can have a really lovely consciousness expanding party and yeah just thank you and fun yes lots of fun and thank you so much for bringing all of the wisdom that you've gained through your courageous earth walk and and thank you for all your <laughs> energy here sister thank you yes ditto ditto mm-hmm. really right. thanks Kat. we'll see you soon <laughs> bye well there goes that theme song folks you know when you hear that this conversation has come to its conclusion if you want more of Kat, Allison, and myself, you can join us again at the Modern Nirvana Conference, August 14th here in Austin, Texas. To get tickets, go to modernnirvana.com slash conference. It's going to be an incredible event. Uh, I know many of the vendors that are going to be presenting there as well as the speakers. Uh, it's going to be lit, especially due to the fact that so many people have been cooped up so long. I have a feeling this thing is going to go off. So that's how you get your tickets. Now, if you're listening to this right now and you're like, ooh, I can be in Austin August 14th and you want a free ticket, 
I've got 30 of them for you. Here's what you do. Shoot an email to modernnirvanaconference at gmail.com. That's modernnirvanaconference at gmail.com. And their team will pick the first 30 people that send that email and you're going to get free access. So I can't wait to see you there. Really excited to attend this conference and of course to present the talk with uh, Allison. We're going to be talking about conscious relationships, how to uplift the one you're in or find one if you're not yet in a partnership. So I'm really excited for that. It's kind of our higher power couple debut, some work Allison and I have been doing behind the scenes to help people find a deeper and more true connection to one another. So I'm really stoked about that. Can't wait to see you guys there. Next week, we have an incredibly fascinating episode. It's number 358, Creating a High Vibe Home Sanctuary with Focused Life Energy, FLFE. Many of you have heard me talk about them and the service they offer, which is just, it's otherworldly. It's crazy. It's just the coolest thing ever in the realm of quantum energy and space holding. So if you're someone who wants to mitigate the EMF in your house very easily and inexpensively, and create a higher level of consciousness for you, your pets, your family, your partner, whoever you live with. Uh, Next week's episode is one for you. So make sure you uh, subscribe to the show so that it gets automatically downloaded. And I'd love to invite you to share this episode with Kat and Allison if you feel so called. It's a really quick and easy way to support the show. We put out uh, this content for free. And uh, if you don't want to spend money on our show sponsors, I totally honor and respect that. And I envision a world someday where sponsors aren't needed, but for now they are. But what really helps more than anything, to be honest, is just sharing these episodes. If you feel inspired halfway through and you're like, wow, my friend Jimmy and my friend Jane would really like this. Just click share and shoot them an email, a text, or even uh, post it to your social media. I really appreciate when people post the episodes uh, from my Instagram at Luke Story to their stories. Uh, oftentimes, when people do it in a creative and interesting way, I also reshare them because um, I'm all about building a community and helping other people to reach more and uh, and get followers and connect with one another and all that. So, uh, for now, until we get censored out of there, Instagram is the hub. So, if you feel like sharing there, it's always appreciated. And uh, if you don't want to do anything, then just listen. And when you hear some truth on the show, do your best to apply it in your life so that it becomes inner wisdom. Thanks so much. And I'll see you next week with Focused Life Force Energy. Mm -hmm.